episode 166 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you talking Knicks and NBA offseason once again. This week, we don't miss a week on the show. The Donovan Mitchell saga ends, and it did not end like anybody really thought it would. We'll touch on all of it. Uh, In the end, the Knicks miss out on Donovan Mitchell. The pros and cons of it. We'll break it all down, why it's a big missed opportunity for the Knicks, in my opinion, but why it also is a missed opportunity that the Knicks needed to pass on as well. Um, We'll also touch on a little bit with the latest on Cam Reddish and whether or not he's asked for a trade or not. Very odd saga going on there. But let's start with the big news. This just dropped from Woj a couple of hours ago before I started recording. On the Thursday, as we always do, getting it posted for the Friday. And essentially the deal is that the Cleveland Cavaliers, yes, the Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz and the Knicks miss out the Knicks were the front runners for quite some time to get this deal done Uh, according to Woj and other sources the Knicks had gotten it further along down the line the last few days and in the end the Jazz take the deal from Cleveland and send him to the Cavs and again I think this kind of goes without saying but this feels like a missed opportunity for the Knicks I think that's number one uh number two I think that uh the Knicks in the end based on what Cleveland had to give up to get this done um could also feel in a way like they dodged a bullet and didn't necessarily have to do this. We'll break down the deal itself. We'll get to the Knicks' final offer that they gave to the Jazz. Woj breaks it all down in a great article on ESPN.com. I think also uh, the New York Post had this as well. Um, but or, either, it was either Begley or the New York Post. I beg your pardon. But regardless, um, Woj had it first, as he normally does. And the final deal... From Donovan Mitchell to, for Donovan Mitchell to go to the Cavaliers is as follows. Again, this is just two and a half hours ago uh, from the time of recording. Utah's trading Donovan Mitchell. This is from Woj's, uh, Woj's Twitter account at WojSPN. Utah's trading Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland for Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Abaji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first round picks, and two pick swaps. That's quite a bit for Cleveland to give up. Uh, not only are you giving up Laurie Markkinen, who has a pretty bright future in the NBA, you're giving up basically your last two or two of your last huge draft picks in Ochai Abaji and Colin Sexton, who was a free agent for a while um, and was one of the last major free agents available. And apparently Woj has also tweeted that Colin Sexton has agreed to a sign-and-trade deal And he will join the Utah Jazz. He's going to follow through with this deal and and become a Utah Jazz player for the time being. So that's a lot. Cleveland has given up quite a bit to get Donovan Mitchell. 
Um, I will say I'm a little surprised that the Jazz took this deal in some ways. Now, they're getting a lot, and they're getting a lot of what they wanted, which is younger players and picks, but they could have gotten a lot from the Knicks, a lot more potentially. And we'll get to what the Knicks you know, offered and what the deal was and why it didn't go through, why they, they couldn't come to a consensus, and it makes sense. But listen, I mean... Does this make Cleveland a better team and a contender? I think it does. I mean, when you add Donovan Mitchell uh, to the mix, I think you can definitely say you're better. But I think Cleveland did something, and we'll talk about this in more depth with the Knicks in a second. Cleveland did something the Knicks were not willing to do, and that's give away more of their future. You know, remember we were talking last week that the, the, the bone of contention could have been R.J. Barrett. And we'll get to his his new extension as well. But that was a move where I was saying, no, that's my point of no return in a potential trade. I think you have to keep R.J. Barrett. And the Knicks felt the same way. The Knicks were not willing to part ways with R.J. Barrett. And in the end, the, the, the Cavaliers, almost an equivalent, different position, but similar player, few years in and looks to be part of your future, the the Cavs were fine giving up Colin Sexton in this trade. And Laurie Markkinen is a, is a player, I think, that still has a lot of upside as well. Ochai is unproven, but also could have a bright future in the league. It's why Utah wanted him as part of this deal. So very odd um, as far as Cleveland's point of view from what they gave up, only because um, this better work, right? If you're the Cavs, you feel like, You've come close uh, to being able to make an impact in the playoffs recently. And losing to Atlanta in the play-in last year, you're thinking, well, if we can just get another star in here. But you're giving up Colin Sexton to do it. That's quite a bit. Now, listen, you, you're you keeping Darius Garland, so you're probably look, thinking there, well, he'll be the future. But Colin Sexton is a player that really could have been a big part of this team moving forward. And listen, again... The Knicks had the same dilemma, right? Donovan Mitchell is going to take a lot to get. Are you willing to give up more of the future than maybe you're willing to to get the deal done? And based on what the Cavs had to give up, I think the Knicks might have been right here to stand pat. And, and listen, I'll be honest, brief fan perspective here. When I first saw the news, I was shocked for two reasons. Number one, that it wasn't the Knicks, but also number two, that it was the Cavs that got the deal done. The Cavs have not been involved very long in discussions here, at least from you know people reporting on this. The Cavs have really not been mentioned. And they pop up here right at the end after the Knicks had walked away again from trade talks, not permanently at least at the time, but once again, they couldn't come to a consensus. The Knicks take a break from trade talks to reassess and the Cavs swoop in and say, we'll give you this, this, and that they get the deal done. So in the end, I think if you're Cleveland, I think there's definitely reason to be excited. You just got a tremendous player, but you gave up a lot to get him. And listen, the Knicks didn't want to make the same mistake that they did when they got Carmelo Anthony and they gave up everything. They gave up almost everything to get him, and there wasn't a lot left that first year or two to really work with with Melo. So 
it's one of those things, right, where as an organization, these are the tough decisions you have to make. And there's pros and cons, right? And we're getting to, we've gotten to some, we'll talk about others, but because I do really want to dive into the Knicks side of the deal. And we might, we might have to do that in the next uh, part of the, in, you know, the second half, because I do want to touch on the Knicks final offer. I want to touch on the, the player or two. That was the point of no return for the Knicks. But when you look at what Cleveland gives up here and like, like here's the thing. Does this make Cleveland a title contender? I don't think it does. Right? I don't think it does. I think if Don I think Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks puts them closer than Donovan Mitchell going to the Cavs. Do the Cavs become a playoff contender and a chan- a team with that has a chance to make some noise in the playoffs? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And that was probably enough for the front office for the Cavs to think all right, we're going to include all these guys. Three unprotected first-round picks and the two pick swaps that they threw in to make sure this deal got done. So I commend Cleveland. They were way off the radar here, at least publicly. Again, behind the scenes, who knows? This might have been you know, the second or third time they had talked it out. I'm not sure. But based on what we know from insiders and things of that nature, the Cavs were not really in the mix for a good chunk of of the time Donovan Mitchell was being floated out there, especially these last few months. It really wasn't Cleveland. It was more along the lines of the Knicks. Then you're looking at maybe the Heat. Then maybe, you know, an outlier like the Raptors or the Hornets. And then maybe the Lakers or someone like that. I mean, the Nets, the Knicks, and I believe the Lakers were the the preferred destinations for Donovan Mitchell. He ends up with Cleveland, and they're a good team. They'll compete for the playoffs and and compete in the playoffs. The question will just be, you know, what else can they, you know, how, how, how much higher can their ceiling go right now? I, I'm not sure it's very high. But the perks, right, this is the perk for Cleveland. Maybe this is the deal that allows them to be in the mix for one of the big stars, the big, big stars down the road and that and that was for me one of the big pros of the Knicks potentially getting Donovan Mitchell when you add Donovan Mitchell to Jalen Brunson you can then go up to a super superstar and say look who we've got come join us let's win a championship right so I will say I mean this this does put a bit of a setback on the Knicks offseason I, I really think so I, I, I get the fact that the Knicks didn't make the deal. I totally understand why they didn't. We'll touch on a little bit more in a little bit why they shouldn't have, you could argue. But Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks would have been a major splash for this team. However, the Knicks, and I, we and I said this last week, the Knicks should wait this out and wait to see if they can get exactly what they want because they were the front runners here. And Cleveland, you know, put together all the they, they took the pennies out of the seat cushion, put together everything they possibly could, and Utah took took the deal. They thought that was enough, and they took it. So the the rebuild officially is on. 
in Utah if it wasn't already. They are now totally in a tank mode with Rudy Gobert off to Minnesota and Donovan Mitchell off to Cleveland. I will say this. I don't think it's great for the league that Donovan Mitchell ends up in Cleveland and Rudy Gobert ends up in Minnesota. That probably could have worked out a little bit better as far as bigger markets getting better. But I, I think if you're if you're a fan, of, and to be fair, I am a fan of smaller markets being competitive. I think it needs to happen. It, that From that side of things, this is great. Minnesota takes a step forward in the West. Cleveland becomes a playoff contender legitimately in the East. So if, if you're a Knicks fan, though, this is a huge missed opportunity. But for what Cleveland had to give up, the, the Knicks had to, had to have a point of no return, and they weren't willing to go past it. And fair play. Fair play. I, I think that this officially means that the Knicks are not playoff contenders for next season. That's probably the biggest bummer of the entire thing. Th- this probably means the Knicks will be fighting for a play-in spot next season. They don't really have a bona fide star on now, bona fide star on the team. They don't. With all due respect to Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, the Knicks are still a star away from being a legitimate playoff contender, and Cleveland wanted to be that. They gave up more than I think they wanted to, I, I would argue. But in the end, they get Donovan Mitchell. They win the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, and we see what happens from there. One last thing I do want to mention as far as other teams involved here, which I thought was interesting. It just kind of popped into my head before I came on to start recording. The offseason just took a very interesting turn for the Miami Heat as well. For the longest time, it was, we're going after KD, and if we can't get KD, we're going to get Donovan Mitchell. That was seemingly what the idea was for them. Now you look at it, it looks like KD is staying in Brooklyn at least until the trade deadline, and Donovan Mitchell is a Cav. And now you look at Miami and you go, well, who else are they going to get? What else can they do to improve the team? And there's not much left on the table for them to look and say, that could really make us better. So will it be a stagnant offseason for the Miami Heat, stuck with some of the guys that at least many, again, I'm in South Florida for a good chunk of the year because of work, that many people down here feel like held the team back last year from potentially going to the NBA Finals. Again, they were a shot away. But that's been the talking point. So I find it fascinating that Miami all of a sudden kind of has its plans burnt up and, and, and put up in smoke a little bit as well this offseason. It's fascinating because Miami really could have become the favorites in the East if they had made one of those moves to get KD or to get Donovan Mitchell. Now we wait and see what the Brooklyn experiment looks like and if they have any last-ditch trade offers, but this could be the team until January, or I should say until the trade deadline roughly in Brooklyn, but more importantly for Miami, they, I mean, if anything, they might take a step back because of the way this offseason has gone, and they've really whiffed. It, it's a rare offseason when Miami whiffs 
in the free agency and trade market, this could be one of those years where they really kind of missed the opportunities. So listen, and, and as Knicks fans, we're kind of used to the Knicks missing out on big stars, but this is a rare instance where you can look and see why they, why they didn't do it. And again, we'll, we'll look into the deal that the Knicks offered at the end in the second half of the podcast, but I'm really interesting, really interested to kind of see how this goes moving forward for the Knicks and, and what could happen after. But listen, I think the, the two biggest takeaways, one's a pro and one's a con, is the pro is the Knicks didn't give up their future and maybe more than that, right? The Knicks really could have been swindled here and lost a lot. However, they miss a massive chance to improve the team. So it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I think in the end, if you're a Nick fan, I, I think you still feel okay about how the offseason's gone. It, it can't be an A anymore, but I think it's still a B, B, B minus somewhere around there, depending on how pessimistic you are about it. Because um, getting Jalen Brunson's a big deal. Getting Jalen Brunson's a big deal. The way they did it is still nuts, in my opinion, with the draft day fiasco. But they still got him. Uh, and it, but in the end, the Knicks miss out on Donovan Mitchell. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of debate. I know I know Twitter has been ragging on, on the Knicks since they missed out. But frankly, I, I think this is a rare instance where you can look at the circumstances and we'll dive deeper into it in a second. But you look at the circumstances and you think, you know what, I think the Knicks might have been well within their right to say no here and move on. So Cleveland gets him. Uh, Cleveland, I think, becomes a contender. We'll see what that means for the future of the Cavs organization. And uh, and we'll see about Utah as well. I mean, to be fair, I think Utah has got to feel pretty good about what they got back for Gobert and Mitchell and for the future. I think Woe just tweeted out the fact that they have other assets that they might move. And I think OKC might be interested as well so in the end it's quite a good haul for utah when when you look at their perspective on things and i'll just go to the tweet about the other veteran trade assets but uh bon bogdanovich jordan clarkson and mike Connolly jr are those other coveted trade assets and oh i i misread the second part they'll approach an okc-esque haul of draft assets once they're done dealing uh, Jazz consider Markin and Sexton and Abaji keepers for their rebuilding roster. So they'll look to they'll look for Bogdanovich, Clarkson, and Connolly Jr. to potentially leave and get stuff back in return for them. And I think in in totality, if I remember correctly, um, because after these two trades have been done, um. Utah now has 19. Oh my God, I beg your pardon. I misread it again. 13 unprotected or lightly protected picks through 2029. So they got quite a bit. They got quite a bit back. And again, they have some young prospects to build with. Cleveland, really quick. Cleveland, when you look at who's still there, right? I mean, they have Darius Garland and Jared Allen, who are all-stars, and Evan Mobley as well so 
or Evan Mobley, I should say. So Mobley, Allen, and Garland, you add in Donovan Mitchell, that could be a, a potential playoff contender. So we'll see. I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski just called Cleveland a major force in the East. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch, but they're certainly contenders now. There's no arguing that. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland makes them one of probably the top six in in the East, you know, give or take. And then I, I think with the Knicks, they're probably staying around the the 8-9 range, maybe fighting for a play-in spot. So at least that's the hope. So in the end, I, I think there are pros and cons to it, um, but the Knicks miss out in the end. So we'll see how it goes for New York moving forward, and that's likely the last major news for the Knicks this offseason, which is uh, a bit of a bummer. But... In the end, I think you could definitely make the argument the Knicks made the right decision. And with that, we'll take a break. We'll touch on a little bit more of the Knicks' final trade offer to Utah. Woj breaks that all down. We'll touch on that. And a little bit more into why the Knicks might have been safer not pulling the trigger on a deal here. All of that and more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, I teased it in the first half multiple times. Let's dive in. The Knicks did have conversations very recently with Utah just before Cleveland swooped in to get Donovan Mitchell. Adrian Wojnarowski has the details of those trade discussions and i found them fascinating um before i actually i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off just for a split second because one there's one more factor that should be mentioned here and that's rj barrett's extension the the knicks locked up rj barrett for the next four years on an extension that can reach as high as 120 million dollars and it was previously reported that the extension wouldn't fully remove Barrett's name from the negotiable, uh, the negotiating table for the Utah-Mitchell trade, according to SNYZ and Begley. And Ian Begley claimed that the extension made things difficult for the, a trade to get done. Begley's sources went as far as to say that Barrett's, that Barrett, quote-unquote, was a linchpin to any potential deal, even if his ultimate fate didn't reside with the Utah Jazz. So I told you guys multiple times on this show that that was my deal breaker, that RJ Barrett, in my opinion, should not be involved in any trade talks with Utah. And he's part of the future of this Knicks organization. The Knicks felt the same way in the end. But it wasn't just that. Now I'm going to start quoting from the Woj article. Let's uh, start with this. From the Woj article on ESPN.com, New York had the assets Utah preferred and the sides seemed to be inching closer to a trade Sunday night into Monday. But the Knicks balked on including Quentin Grimes in a trade with R.J. Barrett to acquire Mitchell, according to sources. When guard Emmanuel quickly was proposed as a replacement for Grimes in the trade, Utah wanted three unprotected first-round draft picks as part of the package, but New York would only do a third first-round pick that included top-five protections, according to sources. Those packages would have included two second-round picks, two pick swaps, 
and two expiring contracts from a third team. New York would have moved out Evan Fournier and first and first round pick to a third team to spare Utah taking on Fournier's remaining $37 million. There's a little bit more basically saying that Leon Rose had been running a parallel negotiation with Barrett's agent, Bill Duffy, on a rookie contract extension and set Monday as a deadline with the Jazz to get a deal or pause talks to finalize the deal with Barrett, which I thought was very interesting as well. New York planned to continue pursuing Mitchell, according to sources, but the Jazz pivoted to Cleveland and never again engaged with the Knicks earlier this week, according to sources. The Knicks had made a calculated gamble that they could still get a deal done for Mitchell, born in the New York area. Mitchell had been enthusiastic about the possibility of playing with the Knicks. So, Quentin Grimes was a guy that the Knicks were not willing to include in the deal. R.J. Barrett seemingly was. However, the Knicks had a separate set of negotiations going on with Barrett and his agent about a contract extension. Now, that wouldn't necessarily mean that Barrett would stay with the Knicks, but what it did mean was that it made the contract negotiations with Mitch, or I should say the trade negotiations with Mitchell a little bit more difficult, arguably a lot more difficult. So in the end, the Knicks would have, have, would have had to give up a lot more than I would have liked them to give up to get this deal done. And in the end, I think balked is a, uh, a strong term, a negative term. I think in the end, the Knicks, they stood firm. They said they even acquiesced, it sounds like, to the Barrett part, but said, hey, not Grimes. And if it's going to be quickly, not those extra picks. And I think what I said last week makes a little bit more sense now as far as the fact that the Knicks were never going to give up the farm here. They were in the position of power. Yes, it looked like they were going to get it done, but not for that. And if a team was going to come in and overpay for Donovan Mitchell, so be it. And that's what happened. That's what it feels like to me, based on what Woj is reporting. So again, you go back to the pros and cons, right? The pros being, I think the Knicks did a good business decision here. The Knicks have a future that they want to hold on to. With this group. And now you've locked in R.J. Barrett to a long-term deal. And I think that's the right decision, at least for the time being. And you didn't overpay for Donovan Mitchell. So when he comes here, he doesn't have a lot around him. You know, that, that would have been a rough situation. Because then it, you go back to what happened in 2011, right? Where... Yeah, it was great. The Knicks got Carmelo, but there wasn't enough around him for it to really get the Knicks any closer to a title. Yeah, it made them somewhat relevant, but not title contenders. And the Knicks would have had to keep certain pieces if they were going to get Donovan Mitchell to enter that conversation. Now, again, I'm bummed because it would have been extremely exciting to see Donovan Mitchell come to the Knicks. And it would have made this offseason, I mean, again, borderline an A, A+. 
offseason for the Knicks. But does that mean the Knicks would be title contenders? No, it does not. It doesn't. By the way, doesn't make the Cavs title contenders that they got them either because of what they gave up. Utah needed quite a bit back for them to pull the trigger on a deal. And Cleveland gave them what they asked for. The Knicks, in the end, didn't feel comfortable giving up what Cleveland was willing to give up. And again, we're talking similar types of players and similar experience players between the the Cavs and the Knicks, and the Knicks were not willing to do what the Cavs were willing to do in the end. Because, listen, did the Knicks have what Utah wanted and the most of what they wanted? Yes. But Utah was also also looking for players that could contribute. And even when the Knicks put in R.J. Barrett as part of the deal, Utah also wanted a little bit more than the Knicks were wanting to give up. And that's when the Knicks were like, well, then we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it then. And they stood firm. I respect it. I understand it. There's been so many times in the past where we haven't understood why the Knicks have backed out of a deal or couldn't get it done or made mistakes along the way that led to the Knicks not getting deals done for big stars in the NBA. Not only does this one make the most sense out of all of them, it just makes flat-out basketball sense that the Knicks didn't do this. And it will be really interesting to see you know, what Cleveland looks like for the next four years with Donovan Mitchell under contract. But I will say this. I don't know if the Cavs are really going to be title contenders if the East stays the way it currently is. Because right now, I, I wouldn't put the Cavs ahead of the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks. I wouldn't do it. I mean, hey, if if the Nets run it back against the odds this season and they actually are committed to play Kyrie looking at you I think the Nets are ahead of them still and that's not hosting a playoff series for the Cavs in the first round so it's a it's an interesting one it's an interesting one because and this is what we talked about more specifically with the Knicks, but now Cleveland is in that spot where do you go for it? Or do you bet on the future? And Cleveland went for it. They gave up they gave up a lot of their future to go for it, but they went for it. They keep they keep a decent amount, but they gave up quite a bit of what could have been a cornerstone players moving forward. To get this done. So I'm fascinated to see what happens. But. Last thing I'll say about it. With it involving the Knicks. I should say. Is that I think at the end of the day. The Knicks can sleep at night. Knowing that they kept on to some very valuable pieces. That they just weren't willing to part with. To get Donovan Mitchell. I think that that is a fair assessment. Of how this ended up playing out. The Knicks were right there till the end, but the Jazz wanted a little too much. Maybe a lot too much, considering how young Grimes and Barrett are and what they could still contribute, potentially moving forward. 
But the biggest thing for me is the the Knicks couldn't control, you know, what other teams did, and the and the Cavs shoved all their chips in the middle. They gave Utah exactly what they wanted, and we'll see if they end up overpaying for Donovan Mitchell again. This is this is what the Knicks would have been under if they got Donovan Mitchell as well, right? If you don't get to an Eastern Conference Finals or you don't go on a deep run in a playoff series or in a playoff season with Donovan Mitchell, just like the Knicks did with Melo. Melo never got past the second round as a Nick. Then you could look back and be like, oh boy. Maybe that wasn't the right decision. Or maybe, you know, it, the the move failed in some ways, right? I mean, that's I think that's how some people look back on the mellow deal, especially those first few years. I mean, the Knicks did have their best year in 20 years during that run, but they made it into the second round. They didn't even get to an Eastern Conference Finals with mellow. So that's the the trajectory that the Cavs might be on, or maybe they do go on a special run one year with Mitchell, and then it'll be all worth it, right? I mean... Especially when you don't have one of the top stars, the top, top of the top stars, right? If you can get to an Eastern Conference Finals or an NBA Finals, that's a victory. It really is. In an era where Golden State has won four, LeBron teams have won four. You know, it's... You know, if you don't have a Kawhi, a KD, or a LeBron... Or a staff. I I think you have to look at it as a success. Getting to a conference final. Getting to the finals. So. We'll see if the Cavs can do that. But. When we look back on this trade. And if they don't make it. That those will be some of the discussions. That will be brought up. Make no mistake. About it. But in the end. Again. the, The most important thing that you guys need to know. I think is that the Knicks. Miss out here. They miss out on an opportunity to really improve the team. But I think that there are quite a few good reasons why the Knicks didn't go through with this. And in the end, they were beaten to Donovan Mitchell by a team that was willing to acquiesce to the demands of the Utah Jazz. That's what it is at the end of the day. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But for right now, uh, we wait to see if the Knicks have any other moves up their sleeve. Probably not. I think that probably comes, uh, you know, I think that probably ends any future Knicks moves this off season. And the Knicks are, you know, pretty much uh, set with what they have. And we'll see how Jalen Brunson gets involved with the team. And, and I'll admit I'm disappointed with that. I am. I would have been very, very excited if the Knicks had added Donovan Mitchell. And this certainly this upcoming season would have gotten me very, very excited. So I'm 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 definitely a little down about that. And I'm curious if you guys are as well. Uh let me know what you think about the trade as well at SJ7 on Twitter, posting at toasting.com, shock shock Knicks podcast comments. But listen, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I think the Knicks can go to sleep very, very safely knowing that they didn't give it all up. They didn't they didn't give the kitchen sink up to the Utah Jazz. They stood their ground. And the hope that uh the hope is that at some point the Knicks will find out find the right situation to bring in a future star. I think that really 
is the biggest disappointment is that once again, the Knicks can't get the big star to come to, to New York. They can't get it done. So I can see why people get frustrated with the Twitter comments, but I think this is one of the few times, if not the only time, when the Knicks have dropped the ball on something like this, and by that I mean they haven't got their guy, that you can understand it. It makes sense. So that, I think, is what Knicks fans can take out as a big positive. They didn't give up their future, and they stood their ground, and they didn't give up the kitchen sink to get somebody that maybe doesn't put... You know, it's not a KD, right? It's not a, it's not a LeBron, although LeBron's not in his prime anymore. But you get what I'm saying. It's not a Steph. It's not a KD. So not a Kawhi. So in the end, the Knicks miss out, and we'll see what happens with the Cavs and how it impacts this season and moving forward into future NBA seasons. Let's finish it up with a little bit of smaller Knicks news, most importantly involving Cam Reddish. Uh, Mark Berman of the New York Post has reported that Cam Reddish has asked for a trade from the Knicks. Um, Cam Reddish has denied the accusations. Um, Apparently, the deal is that... uh, I think this is on Cam Reddish's Instagram account and then Twitter account. Again, the New York Post reported at first that Cam Reddish had asked for a trade. I think the Lakers were involved potentially in a move. And then... In a Knicks Instagram post wishing Cam Reddish a happy birthday. Um, And Cam Reddish posted a picture of this Instagram post earlier the day of the recording of the podcast. um, That. Let me let me make it simple. Knicks say happy birthday to Cam Reddish. Someone in the comments writes bro just requested a trade uh zeke underscore lif3 that's what they tweeted cam reddish responds to that i guess commented it's on instagram so he commented with that cam reddish responds when i do that y'all be tripping in a response to that on instagram and on twitter he takes a picture of that two sunglass smiling emojis as if to say what are you guys doing? I'm good where I'm at. So read into that what you will. Uh, that doesn't really necessarily mean anything. I, I really don't think that means much, but we'll see. Maybe the Knicks uh, will make this small move. I mean, they got Cam Reddish from the Hawks since uh, he's joined. He hasn't done a ton Cam Reddish so far. Um, part of that's because of injuries. Another part of that is because the next season was basically done when he came. So there was a proposed deal, I believe with the Lakers on draft night. Um, according to some rumors didn't happen. So as of right now, um, the Lakers look still kind of likely because Rich Paul is Kent Reddish's agent, same agent of LeBron and AD in LA. So, that's always on the table. Um, but in the end, it's really just a small story because we don't really know uh, who's telling the truth here, whether or not Cam Reddish did actually ask for the trade. Maybe he did. It just didn't work out. And now he's saying, well, I'm stuck here, so I'll just play it cool. 
or he didn't. And, uh, you know, games are being played here behind the scenes. And uh, Cam Reddish will be here as a Nick for this upcoming season. And we'll see what happens. But that's really it. That's it for the Knicks news. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm finishing this on a little bit of a down note. I think that Knicks fans should be positive. I feel like I, I don't feel positive about it right now. I can't lie to you. But I think in the long run, at least I hope in the long run, that the Knicks not doing this will pay off. But it does feel like a missed opportunity. Um, because at some point, the Knicks need to make a deal like this happen, it feels like, unless they can build through the draft. But, uh, you know, that that's always a, a tougher thing, especially with the Knicks organization, to have done that over the years. But they have a lot of young talent a lot of good pieces that they wanted to keep in the trade again, quickly and Grimes among them. Barrett in the end was potentially going to be a part of it, but that contract extension made things tougher. The Knicks in the end didn't acquiesce and the Cavs did. Cause again, if Cleveland doesn't come forward, the Knicks are still the favorites to get a deal done. So in the end, Cleveland put it in as far as the kitchen sink is concerned. They, they gave, Utah, all they asked for, and then some, it sounds like, and got the deal done. So we'll see how it ends up playing out. But for right now, we wait to see what Jalen Brunson will look like as a Nick and if the Knicks can improve on a very disappointing season a year ago. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you all had a great week. Hope you can all let me know what you think about this Cavs move to get Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks role in it and the fact that the Knicks missed out on the opportunity, but did they do it for the right reasons? Let me know what you guys think, as always, and thanks, as always, so much for listening. And until next time, have a great week, and I will catch you all in the next edition of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.